1: This guy's being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts for shooting both producing this thing. We are all from the Draft Network and we are brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your sports wagering information. They've got everything you could want football, baseball, boxing, MMA, esports, live in game betting. You name it, you can find it on a very simple-to-navigate website that's available on your desktop or your mobile device. Head on over to betonline.ag today. Join and receive a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code Believe to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. It's BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Sausage Pizza Day to you.
2: Oh, I get down with this. Any kind of meat on a pizza is a winner, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know about you, but oh, big no! You like for... your pepperoni, yeah, I do. But
1: sausage too, though. Sausage is good. There is such thing as bad sausage that I don't particularly care for, but most times it's a, it's a hit. Just like the crumbled, You're like the shaved... nuggets. Yeah, those shaved d- sausage, shaved. Yeah, shout out. Uh, no, there's a place down the street for me. Shout out. <laughs> no, <laughs> We, you got to pay for the shout outs. Uh, but there's uh, a place on the street for me that um, uh, has shaved sausage. And I'm a big fan. That so that's rude. not that's not <laughs> what happened there.
3: What happened there is Joe didn't want to give it away so that people didn't know where he lived. That's what happened. The brain fired him. like, what? ah. Nope, you you're wrong.
1: What? Forgot the name of the place,
2: Chris. <laughs> Joe, Joe, for a guy who's in the Bills fan base, gets recognized at an abnormally high rate. In Charlotte, North Carolina.
4: It, it well, happened. When... Every, everywhere.
2: It, it was in Tuscaloosa, too. Joe got recognized on the street in Tuscaloosa as Chris. I'm sure that's yeah. where you were going there for somebody
3: sure. Walked, somebody walked up and was like, hey, Joe, big fan of Locked On Bills. And Kyle and I just looked at each other like, what the heck's going on here? You're
2: dumb. And then he was like, yeah, hey, Kyle, what's up, man? But like, really like Locked On Bills. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I actually think he said he, he enjoyed all of our work. So it was, it was great meeting some people down in Tuscaloosa for sure.
1: Word association. <laughs> yes. So I,
3: I, think it, I think it's an important disclaimer. You're going to hear it a little bit later on in the show because Jamie Eisner is going to be joining the show. We're recording the Tuesday show on Monday. And Matt Rule has been fired in the midst of the chaos of us recording the show. So it, it has happened already when we're recording the intro, but it did not happen when we were recording the interview with Jamie. You will hear our reaction to that in real time. We will talk about it when we get to the Panthers. I just feel like I have to tell everybody that so they don't feel confused <laughs> when that's the way the show uh, if only, plays out. If only anybody could have seen
1: this coming. If only. If only. If only. Happy for Panthers fans. What's yeah? We'll we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, you got to get right. You have
3: thirteen games or twelve games with Steve Steve Wilkes now. Yeah. We start with the London game. The Giants. Uh, Joe. Okay. Sorry. I should probably. Uh, Joe, are you ready for word association today?
1: I. He's gonna I, have uh, to be. We gotta. Yeah. Go. It's do or die. I. I'm ready. Yeah.
3: <laughs> First game. The Giants go into London. They beat the Packers twenty-seven to twenty-two. Dabes. Culture.
2: I don't feel good about the Packers culture right
1: now because the Jair Aaron, comments Aaron, and all that and how Aaron well, Rodgers responded.
2: Well, I think Aaron in general is just kind of at the end of his line, right? So he he didn't give a you know what anymore. And he's dropping F-bombs like loud enough for the television microphone to pick it the previous week against New England, you got to snap the F and ball. Mm-hmm. And just cussing guys out to that degree. And then you look at all the other stuff that's off the football field, and it's you you took his best pass weapon and, and his favorite wide receiver and you sent him away. So it's I just this feels like a chemistry experiment that could go awfully awry for Green Bay when it's all said and done. And I guess that's that's an area of concern for me.
1: Kyle, I and heard obviously um, the other
2: side of that coin is the, the Giants and, and the positive culture they are instilling in a pride table.
1: Yeah, I heard Brian Dable uh, shout some F-bombs as well after the game. A um, little different. Guessing you didn't a see that video. little different tone to them, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy for him man. Like, could you imagine you're a Denver Broncos fan right now? And you're like, we didn't we did not want this guy. We we did not want Dable. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like they didn't even sniff him, did they? (laughs) Right. Like that was your vision, right? High profile quarterback and a coach. You're going all in and you get a guy that like is unqualified for the job. I don't know, man. Good for the Giants. Uh, I'm in. I'm a fan um, by association. So uh, go Giants. Uh, Joe, your Buffalo Bills beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 38 to three. And
3: Kenny Pickett's first start as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. Big
1: plays.
2: Ass kicking.
1: I think we, we learned about the value of a, a I guess, healthy Gabe Davis to the offense and the big play ability that he provides and the field stretching that he provides. Um, the bills the last couple weeks when well, they missed him, I think three weeks ago in the last two, he tried to play w- with kind of a one leg, honestly, with the way he was running his routes. It felt like he was the most, most healthy he's been. And Made some game changing plays on the field, which is big for the Bills offense.
2: The at what week do we officially start the eulogy for the Mike Tomlin has never had a losing mm. season statistic.
1: When he gets the ninth loss, right? We got right? but, full but here's
2: the thing. It it ain't gonna be long. Yeah. With how this team looked and has looked in a one and four start.
1: Their games had been competitive before this, but yeah, they don't. They're missing a lot of stuff, man. You got a tough script. They have to. Pretty I like limited. Kenny's going to be okay, though. I think long term. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay, man. They moved the pocket. He made good throws. So this, this so this year, game. very quickly, just
2: becomes get Kenny out there, evaluate him, figure out how to what pieces you need around them to maximize yep. him.
1: Yep, just fail forward, right? That's a phrase you said to me like seven years ago. I haven't forgot it. And uh, I think that's a, a big part of this year for Kenny. Get it all out this year. Learn the game. Get the reps and retool and get ready to go next year. The Chargers beat the Browns 30-28. to 28. Austin Eckler, man. This guy had a
2: game. He's back. That's mine. He's back. Remember all, remember all the concern about Eckler for the first, what was it, three weeks of the year? He was like, I know there's a big fantasy discussion on, on how quiet he's been, and I, we even touched on Eckler for No One Cares About Your Fantasy Team a couple weeks back.
1: Yep. He back. Welcome back. What, what did you... Did you see Keenan Allen's tweets during the game? Like, what are saying? What are we doing? And all that type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, still some weird stuff there. And I will say this. Cade York 0 for 2 in this game, and, and I'm sure Cade York's going to have a great career, but I... I still haven't forgotten Week One and the Browns stealing a win that they did not deserve to have, and um, I, I was not disappointed to see him miss that field goal. Not gonna well, lie. and and he missed he missed the extra point against the yep. Jets. Yeah.
2: So your rookie kickers now cost you two games.
1: What a, man, rookies, man? They if you rely on rookies, that this is just what they do, right? Like open up your eyes, folks. Like young rookies, they're great. We get excited about them, but there's there's an incubation period where there's going to be some mistakes. Yeah, The Vikings beat uh, the Bears. Real real,
2: real quick, Chris, that, that went so bad for Cleveland, they went out and traded for Deion Jones that night.
0: <laughs> it's
3: a weird
1: trade, right? Right.
3: Go ahead, Chris. We're doing Bears-Vikings. The Vikings beat the Bears 29-22. to 22. Justin Fields threw for over 200 yards. I think that's an important thing to mention here when I give you the game.
1: Nice throw to Mooney. Apathetic.
2: <sighs>
4: I I could not care
2: less about this game. And I'm sorry for Minnesota and Chicago fans. It's just Chicago kind of, they got a couple wins early. That's obviously good. I need a lot more information to figure out the plan in Chicago. I don't like the early signs of the plan, but we'll see what the plan actually is. Uh, And Minnesota, Kirk taking care of business and another one o'clock kick. (laughs) <laughs> I, I'm very fascinated by what what the ceiling is for Minnesota when that storyline is going to always kind of subliminally exist.
1: Sure. Um, I, I guess I'm a little encouraged from the Bears offense in this game. I thought Justin had some good efficiency at times. I love the deep throw to Mooney. Uh, they passed the ball 21 times compared to 24 runs, which is like way better than their typical (laughs) run pass distribution. So I guess I have some level of encouragement in, uh, from the bears offense in this game. This, I think result shocked the three of us,
3: the Patriots beat the lions 29 to nothing beat
1: down. Concerned, I guess like I want to buy into the lions. Like I just, I really do. But getting blanked by this defense is embarrassing, you know, credit to Bailey Zappi coming in and being efficient, playing the style of game he needed to play, um, embracing that, right. It, playing within himself and and playing winning football for this game, you know, but Detroit just continues to, to put the, you know, kind of put the hand up whenever we want to buy in. They're like, well, whoa, 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 right. They remind you that they are the Detroit Lions. And I hope that changes sometime soon. Can I ask a question about this game? In that
3: point that you said specifically, Joe. Like, I believe in the culture that Dan Campbell is building. Right? There is a lot of positive vibes around this team, but at some point, like you got to put it together and win football games. Like you can you can do this thing where you are competitive and you stay in close games, but then like you do yeah. something like this where you don't play well and you get blown out, and it's like okay, we're still one in four, right? Like I know yeah. the good vibes are there, but we're still one in four. I think that's what's what's dangerous about that, though. Is is do
2: you? Do you change for the sake of changing, yeah. or do you give them a chance to learn how to win when there is a lot of good that's taking? Place? I just I don't have a good answer there. You know, yeah, it's tough.
3: Kyle, did you have a word that you wanted to share? Or I said people. I kind of okay. Yeah. I kind of cut you off, so I didn't want to make I wanna oh, make sure good. that you. Uh, uh, the Saints beat the Seahawks thirty nine to thirty two.
1: Tariq Woolen, baby. That's it.
2: That's it for me, too. Three straight weeks with a pick now. Dude,
1: I know he was raw. Like, I get it, right? Like, there was – he looked like he's still learning the position last year. But he's such a unique talent. And I don't know, like, admittedly, and I've said this a few times, like, when you feel like you've put the pieces of the evaluation together, and realize that, yeah, this isn't a guy that you think for sure is going to go in the first round, but somebody on day two has got to swing the bat, right? And he falls to the fifth round. You're like, gosh, what don't I know? Like, what did not what did I miss here? And the answer is the NFL made a mistake by letting him fall to the fifth round. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just is that. Congrats to the Saints for winning the game. Best
3: wishes to uh, Chris Alave. The yeah. It was scary. Yeah. The New York Jets beat the Miami Dolphins 40-17. to Law of averages.
2: We talk about roster construction. Talk about premium positions. You usually point to quarterback, offensive tackle, pass rushers, cornerbacks. Dolphins are missing their best two players at three of those four positions. Law of averages. That the case, you're not going to win too many football games. I do not want to take away from the Jets, though. I thought the Jets played a very... Good football game was was glad to see Zach Wilson. Well, maybe not glad, but Zach Wilson did a nice job you know, playing secure football. Uh, they really got movement going on the ground. And, you know, Miami, Jason Sanders misses a 54 yard field goal early in the fourth quarter that would have given him a one point lead. And then uh, the levees broke because they had to try to stay aggressive to climb back in the game. And I, I, I do worry um, how literal the early returns on the new uh, policy of the construct mm-hmm. co- the concussion protocol is going to be followed by some of these spotters? You know, anywhere that you look, I I can't find a stumble for Teddy Bridgewater, and yet Teddy Bridgewater was flagged for ataxia—the same thing that they added to the concussion protocol on the first offensive play of scrimmage showed no signs of head injury, cleared his head examination, but because Ataxia has now been an automatic no-go, he was unable to come back for the entirety of the game, so your third-string quarterback plays the game for you. Those are my complete thoughts on the game. Jenny, Joe, anything you'd like to add, or Chris?
1: I, I think my biggest takeaway from this game is that both teams had some success rushing the football, and I think that's important for both of them, right, uh, for where they're going to head moving forward and what they need. Um, to, to stay competitive, right? We're talking about two teams with winning records right now through five games, and I think that consistency running the football needs to be a staple moving forward.
3: Uh, the only thing I will add is Elijah Vera Tucker is the MVP of the New York Jets, and it isn't even particularly close. The Number Bucks beat spots. the. He's played three left weeks. tackle, right tackle, right guard after playing left guard a year ago, and he didn't give up a single pressure yesterday. He's the MVP of the football team through five. Good weeks. player. The Bucks beat the Falcons twenty-one to fifteen.
1: Criminal. Criminal joke. You can't. <laughs> it's, a, it's not roughing the passer. It's not roughing the path. We, we cannot live in a world where that's roughing the passer.
2: If Jerome Boger wants to know what getting roughed up is, come to my house, Jerome. I'll integrity of the game of football at stake here, just, bro.
1: Did you just threaten an NFL official? <laughs> I did. Throw hands, man. I like what Kyle said there, because as we've. Considered the range of discipline that exists in the NFL, it's the ones that the integrity of the game is on the line that get the harshest punishment. Hello, Calvin Ridley. What happened in that game that Grady Jarrett got called for roughing is what Kyle said. There, I call into question the integrity of the game. Complete, complete nonsense. Tom hey, Brady Thompson. said it. Pass after the game. I, I don't. I don't throw the flags.
2: Tom's also a little goofy for sitting there consistently like swiping at guys and kicking guys off of him when he's down on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's been doing that know, for get, a while. Get, yeah. get after your offensive lineman, man. Don't get mad at the fine, defense. Don't Don't kick Grady Jarrett up off of
3: you because you got thrown to the ground. Garbage. The Titans beat the Commanders twenty one to seventeen.
1: <laughs> diami Brown made a play. <laughs> he had over 100 yards receiving, didn't he? he yeah, had two he made catches. two plays. He heard Amon Ross St. Brown calling his ass out. I know the Titans won the game, but, I, but as uh, the purpose of word Association is like that prevailing number one thought that comes up, right, from the game. We're not here to tell you everything that happened, right? It's how we feel, what we're remembering. And I'm remembering diami Brown making a couple of plays in this game, and good for him.
3: Look at Joe explaining how word Association works. I'm well, so I had I'm to justify, like, could it's you imagine the, a the Titans segment. fan? Integrity yeah, to
1: say. exactly you're a titans fan you're like oh when are they gonna get to titans commanders what are they gonna say about my team and i'm like here i am talking about this receiver that had a couple of nice plays in a losing effort like i would i would feel some type of way about that so i had to explain myself
3: I, I don't know titans fans you won the game the way you expect to win the game you're on the ball with Derrick henry it's a close game you win like what
1: <laughs> well and carson wentz with the backbreaker at the at right. the end right like, The pick like carson wentz being carson wentz but good for diami the Texans, uh, trying to break my heart here, they beat the Jaguars 13-6.
3: to
1: <laughs> uh, Got to learn to win, right? Learning to win. That's in a young football team. Jacksonville, another, another one of those teams that said, whoa, 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 to us, right? Kind of buying in, liking what you're doing, young talent on defense. Uh, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, making steps. This is just a good reminder, a good humbling reminder of you got to learn to win. You got to be consistent and the Jags are still a young football team.
2: Damian Pierce is a beast. Good Lord, Draft Lord right? Alum, Draft Damian Dudes Pierce. alumni Damian Pierce credited with 17 forced missed tackles, 17 broken tackles Monster. in one game.
3: That's an absolute savage human being. I love it. The 49ers beat the Panthers 37-15, to 15, but I don't think that's what we're going to be talking about here, gentlemen. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah.
1: Hey hey hey, 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 good, good bye, bye,
2: <laughs> gone, baby. Matt, Matt Rule relieved of his duties yeah. yesterday afternoon. Uh, we will sit down with Jamie Eisner, uh, or we caught up with Jamie Eisner on Monday for today's show as part of that, and that news broke, uh, during that interview. Uh, so you'll, you'll get to hear our authentic knee jerk reaction. Uh, to that, but yeah, it, I don't know. I I have a hard time feeling sorry for the outcome here because, like, we all kind of saw this coming, and there there was uh, just from a big picture perspective. I think Matt Rule is a coach that would really benefit going back to the college level, and quite frankly, staying there.
1: Oh God, yes!
2: Like
3: never. Do, let's it's not. It's over for him in the NFL. I- and he's also getting a forty million dollar checks coming his right. way. Oh man. yeah. Like, so, like, I, he, I always feel I always feel for people when they lose their job because it's their dream to coach in the NFL. But like, it's he's not good. like it's not worst case scenario for Matt. He's going to get forty million dollars, and he's going to be one of the top college candidates. Yeah. So it's like he's still going to be able to coach football.
1: I, I'm excited to see what happens here because my knee jerk is I'm happy for Panthers fans. You know, better days are coming. I want to stop talking about all the jokes of the past few years about all the investments that they made at the quarterback position to turn into what it is. The goofy draft choices, um, not prioritizing the premium quarterbacks, you know, odd coaching. Like all of that's now in the past. Right. But my ability to move on is predicated on who they hire and how they approach this next phase. Tear it down. Right? Like, don't yeah. put a band on it. The only thing
2: worse than no rebuild is a half rebuild.
1: Yeah, just don't do that. If you want to have a friggin' chance in this league, and and you already, it, you can't fire the owner. I'm concerned about Dave Tepper. I've said that a million times. But I think we're going to learn a lot about the direction and, like, what his appetite is to get this thing right by who they hire. And so this is going to be fascinating to see how it plays. What's, out. Your,
2: what's your confidence level that that the actual full teardown happens. I mean, I'm I'm not going to ask you the success level of a rebuild because there's so many variables that like, it's impossible to gauge, but what's your confidence level that they'll say, you know what, if a new coach, uh, do you hire a GM first? Do you hire a coach first? Is Scott Fitter going to stay? Like what's that going to look like in your mind? What do you think the most likely outcome is?
1: Well, I have a great level of concern, Kyle, because as we know, and we've mentioned several times in this podcast, the Panthers wrote a note to the PSL owners and said, look, Hey, this is going to get worse before it gets better. We're going to tear it down. He said, we're going to do this. He, 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 he their, their messaging was be patient. Right. And then they, they didn't do it. Right. They didn't stick to the plan. And so I do have a great level of concern about how they're going to execute moving forward. And maybe it's, you, you, you learn, right? You learn from that and you do it right this time around. Um, but yeah, by looking back at that and looking at kind of the, the Pittsburgh Steelers background of Dave Tepper and never really being part of that there, right? Everything's always fine. They're always good. They're always at the least decent. You know, what does he have to point to in his career involvement with football that suggests that this is something he knows how to undertake? So, yeah, I have concerns about it. The Cowboys beat the Rams 22-10, to setting up a
3: fantastic showdown because of what the Eagles did. We'll get to them in a second. We get Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night football
1: this week. Yeah, Bills-Chiefs at 4.30, and then you get Eagles-Cowboys. This is a big Sunday. Trenches. Dallas owned them. Does
3: anybody want to win the NFC West? I did this on the TDN Daily Show yesterday, but does anybody want to win it?
1: The 49ers. 49ers. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to do a classic Kyle thing here. Did we learn more about the Rams or the Cowboys in this game?
2: I don't know that we learned anything about either team that we didn't already know. Dallas is better when they commit to running the football and the Rams don't have anything on the line of scrimmage.
1: So we're going to – the the true test, the the, the are the Cowboys – like next week. Cape, next right. Week. It's next week. Can can they affect yeah. Jalen hurts? Right. Like they, have I would be willing to, I'd, I'd
2: be willing to bet that be willing to bet Dak Prescott is back for that game. Cause they pushed hard for him to play against the Rams. Uh, hope correct. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Rams scored 10 points.
3: Uh, that is correct. 10 points. Yes.
2: Yeah. And the touchdown was a 75 yard catcher run for a Cooper cup.
1: That was an explosive play by He looked yeah. like he had some gas, right? He's got,
2: he's yeah. got juice, but yeah, like no sustained drives, huh? This this team might
3: be 8-9 at the end of the year with the, on the rate that Rams. we're on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough.
3: The Eagles stay as the lone unbeaten in the National Football League. They beat the Cardinals 20-17. to 17. They are who we thought they were, and that applies to both teams.
1: I like that.
2: Car- Cardinals gave it away at the end with bad coaching and bad awareness and bad yep. situational football and... Jalen Hurts just continues to be a mismatch that you you really struggle to account for all of the outcomes with his athleticism on every play.
3: You guys know how critical I am of the Cardinals. I don't think we're being critical enough of the decision-making to slide there.
1: Oh, I haven't spoken yet (laughs) 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 because between that, the missed throw that he had on that outbreaking pattern, like, I don't know. I just, this is just not a winning situation, right? Like you don't have it between Cliff, Kime, and Kyler—like you have some problems—and I don't believe in those people to be a consistently winning trio.
4: Just don't like the makeup of this team.
3: Where's the where's the explosive offense that I was promised? Seventeen points this week. They scored only twenty wide receivers.
2: They have no wide receiver. here. I, I get you got Hollywood Brown. That's
3: fine. You got no so, wide receivers. So this, the entire holdup for the offense is because DeAndre Hopkins is suspended. Then we have, no. we have a poorly, we have a poorly constructed but, team. Then like, yeah, we, know, we well, know that to be the case
1: though. How do we, but why do we, I, I'm not willing to give them that. I'm not, there's other quarterbacks out there that don't have receivers. And I don't feel like we give them this much of a leash. I just was. I was promised Kyler Murray
3: being an MVP candidate be, with Cliff Kingsbury as this offensive genius, and I, 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 Where is it? I'd like to see it.
1: It's not who he is, man.
3: They got some problems there in Arizona. Yeah. The last game of the day. Speaking of people who don't have problems, Justin Tucker and the Rams and the Ravens beat the Bengals nineteen to seventeen on Sunday Night Football.
1: I love what Justin Tucker said after the game. Oh, dude. He... Such a team player, like great leader. I'm a system kicker. It's all about the 1.3 seconds from the snap to the hold. J- Jordan Stouts first ever game winning hold. Are you kidding me? That's you, leadership, would, man. Would, would you still not trade a top 50 pick? Oh, for this not man? a damn chance. I'm oh, first round. You, no, you, you, I'm not I trading top 50. Anything. I said top 50.
2: Anything. anything. You you're a schmuck. You know that. That's yeah, fine. I'm not.
1: I'm not going to trade. For you're going to see here gonna...
2: and ooze over Justin Tucker, but you you wouldn't yeah. trade quote anything. Nothing. Anything. Nothing. Nothing. Unless you, I trade it, nothing. will give a caveat. Justin if I'm a, Tucker,
1: if I'm a team like what happened with um, with with the Chiefs right now with Harrison Bucker not being available, uh, who missed the Amendola? Who did? Who was it? Seattle? What team Amandola's was on the the Cardinals? Okay, right. Yeah, I would do it if I was if I was that situation. Right. But there's not, always
2: a situation to do everything, right?
1: Right, but I, no, but I'm trying to point out that something like that, I'm not I'm not trading for a kicker. Mm. Because it's not required to you don't have to do that to get a good kicker. Like, look at where all the good kickers in the league came from. I did this experiment. They're all day 3 picks. Find the right but, one. But, but I don't think it's fair to
2: put Justin Tucker in the bucket with everybody. Else. I don't think
1: it's fair to ask me if I would trade a top fifty pick for him. Like I can I, like, I can appreciate what he is as a player and not have to give a premium draft pick for him.
3: This this might be a hot take, but I feel comfortable saying this. Tucker's the best kicker to ever do it. He's better than Vinatieri.
1: Uh and and I I know that it's not because of Tucker, but the big moments for Vinatieri, like it's hard to argue against that. I know that. It's the other fifty players on the team that got him to those moments, but
3: like he's hit sixty straight field goals in the fourth quarter or overtime. He's twenty five of twenty six in his career for a field goal that is going to either take the lead or tie a game. Like the dude is just money. He's automatic. Jo- Joe, it's even just friend, his cadence,
1: he, he lines friend, it up.
2: He looks down at the ball. He looks up at the snapper. He gives him the head. Now you ever watch Justin
1: Tucker kick on tape? He said. He said. And I have doubts. He's like, I have doubt. My friend
3: Joe walking into Bryant Denny Stadium. We are walking up the ramp. He goes, "Man, you guys notice there's a lot of missed kicks in the NFL these days." He said this three days ago. Justin Tucker don't miss kicks.
1: I call him. I unless saw Joe's got, unless,
2: my... unless Joe's got the money line on the other team, <laughs> yeah. or or it.
3: you think, a kick, or you think a kick goes right through the uprights and they they say it missed. Have
2: that we have we, have we seen a conclusive no. interview of that we yet? Just... <laughs>
1: I
0: don't
1: Do think anybody else in the football world's talking about this, but we're pretty sure. <laughs> Can we share that story to close the show because we didn't
3: share it on yesterday's yes. show? Yeah. So we're in the end zone. I think we was at the south end zone we were in. Yes. Directionally. So we were yes. in the south end zone. And the field goal that Alabama missed that would have made it, it would have made it 27 to 20, correct? At that point. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it would have put them up a touchdown. The, the the kick was placed down. It was kicked looked like it right clear, we went through clear the, as clear, day, clear as right day right through to the middle the three of us right through the middle. I turned to Joe and I was like, they gotta go the distance of the field. We started having a conversation about it. And then all of a sudden like all the AM fans were like freaking out that the game was was 20 And the three of us just looked at each other we were like what the heck just happened. Like it was in it was in <laughs> the and the there's a there's a hands that it's is the, on the, the
2: safe hands right on
3: the net. And that's where it hit. It hit right there. in the middle. It's it was right in the middle of the hands.
2: <laughs> we gotta check the tape. <laughs> and they're gonna I mean, sit here and tell it. They're, they're gonna it say tomorrow. with a straight face that this kick was missed. I <laughs> refuse to believe it.
0: <laughs> all right three of pipes.
2: us, all three of us, and then somebody else in a different section of the stadium when we met after the game was like, "I can't believe that they said that that wasn't a good kick." So it's like, okay, you had somebody on like the northeast corner, and then people sitting in the south end zone where they where they kicked it. It wasn't like it was the other end of the field. It was right. kicked right at us. Right. I'm like, how? Did, what witchcraft <laughs> did we use to bend the ball around the uprights in such a steep degree that we could still place it right in the safe hands and the net?
3: Lost my mind. We got to take. all were, on this. We were flabbergasted. The three of us looked at each other, and I don't think we've ever been more confused by anything in our lives. It was insane. But yes, very, okay. very, very hilarious. Um, any anything else we have?
2: We got Jamie Eisner to talk to. You know. Right. So, Joe, why don't why don't you go ahead and uh, and lead us into our discussion with Jamie Eisner?
1: It is now time for our honorary dude and the honorary dude this week is Jamie freaking Eisner. He's a big deal. Been working with Jamie for a long time. An instrumental part of what the Draft Network is today. An instrumental reason why, when you read my stuff on the website, it doesn't sound like a third grader. Jamie, welcome to
4: the show. Welcome. I appreciate you buttering me up before you tear me to shreds. So uh, I guess you got to build me up to tear me back down again. So, uh, but very happy to be an honorary dude this week.
2: I was even disappointed that Joe with the "It's time" didn't hit him with the the buffer. Oh, vibe. gosh!
1: Can we can we restart? It's <laughs> Time! (laughs) We pulled that out a few times this weekend. Yeah, we heard that over the weekend too. Yeah, Yeah, so. Uh, But yeah, Jamie.
2: (laughs) Here's here's the fun thing about working in sports media uh, and not having any sports media education, higher education. You got to have a really good person at the top of the content ladder to make sure that it pulls <laughs> off and i know i torment jamie with excessive semicolons and what's the the debt da- and the uh, m the dashes M-dash. yeah i am like the biggest abuser in the world of m dashes, and i promise we're, we're not going to just talk about copy editing and the english <laughs> language here but uh J- jamie is one of the unsung heroes of everything that we do so it's cool to get you on uh, jamie in addition to obviously all that you do for content yourself and all of the great fantasy stuff that you've done throughout the course of the years and everything else so we're, we're glad to to have you on and talk a little bit about this uh frankenstein's monster of a mock draft that you yes. and the gang put together for tdn this week
4: yeah so jamie, it was, how much uh, this was just so, go ahead, Joe. I was like, there's just an interesting mix because we did a live draft. I don't know if you guys knew that. We we set up a, a content no. meeting. We did a live draft. Nobody, we didn't do like a slow draft or picks in advance. We all found out each other's picks as they happened. And it was kind of a, a conglomeration of four, you know five different people drafting. So, you got a lot of different philosophies across the board. So,
1: were you guys like all in the same chat? Was it video talking through it, all of that type yeah. of stuff? Or?
4: Yeah. Oh. Uh, and, and even the, uh, even Queen Bee. Paige DeMacos joined in a little bit uh, to kind of sit in the background and kind of hear what we were saying. She she popped in as well. But, yes, this was literally like we opened up Discord, turned on our videos, and we we did a live draft. And nobody knew. And I mean, I knew I took the number one pick. I knew I was going to shake things up at the very top and wanted to see how the rest of the team reacted on their feet. Jamie, Forward. did you listen to Draft Dudes on Monday? I did. So
2: you heard our reaction and, of course, the – Ooh, TDN finally has a Bryce Young number one overall mock draft because that's kind of been like a running shtick internally and in, in when that would happen and if that would happen and uh, how much of that was in your head or do you do you envision uh, Jalen Milrow's performance kind of helping Bryce Young's perception and what he's able to do in the same offensive infrastructure? Like Wee talk to us a little about. The-
1: okay. What? Matt Rule's been fired.
2: Wow. Well, well, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) We are recording on Monday, October 10th. (laughs) It's (laughs) 11.09. And we can also talk about this because Jamie's plenty privy to the uh, TDN-centered discussions around Matt Rule. But I guess, Jamie, finish that thought on Bryce Young. And then if we want to let the Carolina Panthers dominate yet another episode of Draft Dudes, we can do it after... After I hear your thoughts on Bryce Young, because that was, of course, a very interesting pick. Wanted to you hear your thoughts.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was a combination of a few different things. It was one. I still believe at the end of the day, we know how draft season goes, and we know the QBs are going to get talked up to the very top of the draft as they always do. And if Houston is picking there, I, you know, Davis Mills, I think is a, is fine to be in the league, but I don't think he's one of the the thirty two best starters, and nor is he somebody that prevents you from taking a, a top quarterback. So. Uh, you know, I thought that combination of that, you know, the way the Alabama offense looked markedly different without Bryce Young out there. Uh, and the fact that I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to shake things up a little bit at the top. You know, we've had Will Anderson as the number one pick and everything kind of follows suit from there. Uh, and I think this was kind of a good exercise in seeing the domino effect of, okay, what happens if, you know, what we see in this coming draft is similar to what we've seen in past drafts where one or two QBs dominate at the top. How do the rest of these pieces fall? And I kind of wanted to see, especially this early in the process, what that would look like.
1: Jamie, I've participated in a few group mock drafts that were done in real time together, and I know that there's always those picks that there's the big reaction to that everybody kind of loses their mind. And so as you reflect on the process of putting this together, what was that pick? I mean, maybe it was Bryce Young, but throughout this draft where everyone was like, you know, big, wide-eyed based on the selection?
4: I think the first one that comes to mind is Jalen Duncan at three. You know, Mm -hmm. in this case, you have Young and Stroud as the first two QBs off the board. I think we can all understand the thought process there to Houston and to Seattle, respectively. But, you know, look, the Bears need a lot, and I know they need a lot on offense, but are they in a position as a franchise if they're picking in that spot to truly pass on the best player available? Um, And Jack, who, you know, lives here in Chicago, so he he's very tapped into this market. Said you know we he would hope that the Bears would continue to build that offense and build around Justin Fields and and fix their offensive line and build it up even more. But that was the one pick I think that really surprised people. Um, and then obviously as we got later in, in the draft, uh, it was uh, I think the the Zay Flowers pick to Kansas City because he's just not a guy that we have seen in this fr- in first round mocks here at T D N yet. It's obviously having a sensational season, and you know, a couple of weeks ago was dominating the highlight reels, but it's just not somebody we have seen in this conversation yet. So I think those two picks with the third pick and the third to last pick were the ones that really got people like going, oh, okay, I wasn't ready for that.
2: That um that kind of jives with with what our knee-jerk reactions were as well. So it's fun to hear that those were were picks for the group. Uh, what was a pick that um somebody really struggled like who who was on the clock and was like oh geez <laughs> this board has done me no
4: favors so there's actually two of them and i think one of them was more of a struggle i want to point it out because on the podcast yesterday and hopefully all your listeners have already listened to that if if not please go back and listen to it and if you have go back and download it again uh was actually ryan at four with that will anderson pick to washington which you would think would be a, a sprint to the podium moment right. and he eventually got there but his initial thought was like, man, I really want a corner or a tackle there. Like, he really wanted to add one of those two positions and was already in that mentality of, okay, you know, am I looking at Ringo? Am I looking at Cam Smith? Am I looking at Duncan or, or, or Skoronsky or somebody there? And Will Anderson fell, and it wasn't a run to the podium moment, which I think surprised me a little bit. But he got there. Uh, I think he's probably just sick of, you know, Alabama defensive lineman at this point going in the first round mm. for for Washington. The other one was Ryan again at 23 to the Chargers because once we got past the Cowboys, so the Cowboys picked 20. We had the Vikings at 21, which was my pick, and then Bengals, Chargers. And Ryan was fidgety waiting for Michael Mayer. Like that was – he was afraid I was going to take him to Minnesota, and then Jack ends up taking him with the next pick to 22. So Ryan had to kind of sit back and think and think, and he eventually just said, you know what?" They need this skill set. They need this player. And I know it's it's a fit you guys talked about liking on the show yesterday. And that's Darnell Washington to the Chargers. He eventually said, you know what? Screw it. Even though it's not the tight end I was hoping for, that's an area of need and a player that fits obviously a slightly different type of a player, but a player that fits a need for this offense. So that was one where he took a while to kind of get back to it. It was definitely his consolation prize, but he seemed pretty happy with it at the end.
1: Yeah, those are two of, my, two of my favorite picks in the entire mock draft were, were those two. Um, and I'm I, I without hesitation in mocking Darnell Washington in the first round for from here forward. Uh, just a really unique skill set. And when you have unique skill sets, there's that gets me excited. Uh, how much of this from your perspective, Jamie, was you wanted to create some chaos? I mean, Bryce Young at one. You did the Jaron Hall thing for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, It felt like there was some Jamie specials baked into this. I mean, was that intentional?
4: Yes. Um, I do think the Bryce Young one was, like I said, half and half. Like it was half intentional to mix things up, but I do think it's not out of the realm of possibility or or whatever QB one of choice is in that spot. You know, I I still think until we see it, a quarterback's always going to be in my mind the favorite to go number one overall, except in rare circumstances like we saw this past year where none of the quarterbacks deserve to even be in that conversation. The Jaron Hall one at, at, was 100% me forcing it. And I know Kyle mentioned that on the show yesterday. M- my thought process there was, I, I, you know, that that's always a corner spot for them. Um, and and you'll, you'll see corner or you'll see edge rusher or something for them. You know, my thought was, maybe they take a shot at a quarterback. If Tom Brady doesn't come back to them next year, whether it's retirement or wants to go somewhere else, they can't go to war with Kyle Trask as their QB1. They just can't. <laughs> So odds are they're probably going to be a player in the free agent market or the trade market for somebody. But right now we don't know who that somebody is and they don't have a quarterback on their roster. So, and it's not going to be Kyle Trask. So I went, you know what? Let me try to get them somebody. Let's get a name that hasn't been in this mock because I'm, I don't think Anthony Richardson at this point, at least at this point in the process looks like a first round quarterback. Um, And I'm not saying Jaron Hall is, looks like a first round quarterback yet, but I think he's more likely to come out <laughs> than Anthony Richardson is at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by his skill set, intrigued by his name. But yes, that one was a hundred percent a chaos pick because the odds are they'll probably take a corner there. But I was like, all right, all these corners have come off in front. I don't want to do this again and just get them the, the six best corner on the board. let's make it a little spicy.
1: Uh, shout out to Keith Sanchez um, because he's got, I think he's got a phrase here that he's, he's dropped to the TDN staff can't go to war with him. And yep. we are just going to find it. What, yeah all the time. So as you hear that piece of lingo, enter the, uh, the draft network vocabulary, especially to our TDN uh, discord premium members. Uh, it's so good. Um, and so we'll be dropping it quite a bit. Um, okay. So Jamie, you mentioned the
2: Kyle Trask Tampa Bay situation. And obviously we Took a big swing in a quarterback and a Jack McKessie really ruined probably Tampa's dreams of getting a toolsy quarterback there in uh Cameron Ward when he drafted him in the top ten, which I appreciate. Big fan of Cameron Ward, but regardless. You also have a very big presence on the betting side of things. Yes. And I wanted to use this opportunity to look at Tampa. And kind of gets your gauge on um as you look forward, who do you think are gonna be some of the candidates that we could see getting odds to be Tampa Bay's next starting quarterback after Tom Brady?
4: Yeah, I, I think you're looking at some of the you know, the obvious names that are gonna be available, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo's of the world, I, I think is one that you're gonna you're gonna hear. You'll probably hear Baker Mayfield's name come back up again given how things have gone in Carolina and not that he's a great option necessarily, but like he was connected with that staff prior to the trade to Carolina. You know, I, I don't know if they're going to be in on any of these other big names that could potentially be available. Um, you know, we, we look at you're trying to see like where some of these quarterbacks could fall. Is Derek Carr going to be a long-term option? There's Ryan Tannehill going to be in Tennessee. Uh, but uh, to me, they're they're kind of in a rough spot where and and they understand what they do. They understand that they're they're going all in, you know, in this window, and they got one ring already, and they're hoping to compete for another one this year. But there's not going to be a lot of great options available to them that are trustworthy. You know, I mean, what is Daniel Jones' future in New York? You know, going out of this year, but is you feel super comfortable even on a on a two year deal? You feel comfortable trying to pry the last year out of Mitch Trubisky away from Pittsburgh after they've made this move, after what he's done. Like, there's just a lot of just you're gonna be grabbing somebody that just isn't proven. So if you're gonna do that anyway, I think that's where this kind of conversation goes from the quarterback standpoint of I just don't know who their savior is going to be. Like I I can't think of a name of somebody that I feel that is anything more than at best a low-end starting caliber and i'm talking about like low end like Hill, those type of guys that are you always kind of looking to re- upgrade and replace anyway
1: jamie i always enjoy your football perspective uh, i think you see things very well and i learn a lot from listening to your football opinions and so i want to get a little pulse check or a vibe check for you on the denver broncos specifically with nathaniel hackett and what we've seen from him and, and russell wilson obviously there's a a sample size of good play of Russell Wilson. And there's, you know, a new team and all that type of stuff, but it feels like goodwill is going down the drain very quickly for Denver. What's the right perspective to have when you're evaluating that situation?
4: It's such a tough situation because when you make a move like Denver did, you are expecting immediate results. And unfortunately, Fortunately and unfortunately, we have been spoiled by Tom Brady goes to Tampa, immediately wins a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford traded to the Rams, immediately wins a Super Bowl. Mm. There's that expectation that you trade for that level of a quarterback. And I think going into this year, you probably would have put Russell Wilson between those two in terms of where your quarterback hierarchy rankings would have been before the season began. So the thought is, especially with the way that that receiving core looks, even without Tim Patrick, who's missed the year, you have Sutton, you have Judy. Uh, you know, you you thought Albert O was going to be a thing. You love your two backs. The offensive line's been up and down in the last couple of years, but you at least thought it would be okay for you. And the defense was was young and up and coming. Like we talked ourselves, and I say we, the collective we, into the Broncos being "quote unquote" a quarterback away all last season. I mean, I mean, we with with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, we kept saying all they needs that quarterback, and this is a Super Bowl team, and. You know when so when Russ comes in, I don't think it's unreasonable for the fan base to go, okay, we've got these other pieces, we trade all our assets for this quarterback, we are a Super Bowl contender, and they are just so hard to watch. Like they're not even they're not even pleasing to watch. Like like when the Chargers would miss expectations in years past, at least they were fun to watch. Mm. Like this team is a chore to get through the game, and it's partly on 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 Hackett, it's partly on on an inexperienced coaching staff, it's a lot of it's on Russell Wilson as well. And, you know, the dirty little secret that doesn't get talked about with Russ a lot is that he hasn't put together a complete season in some time. We have seen him get really uh, come out of the gates, extremely hot, light up the league, MVP candidate. And we've seen that offense in Seattle the last couple of years really taper off in the second half of the season for a number of different reasons, whether it's Russell Wilson not going over the middle of the field, whether it's teams catching up to them, you know, whether it's him feeling like he's got to play hero ball and getting out of his game you know he hasn't put together a complete season of elite play in some time now but you normally got 8 to 10 weeks of it and you would it would pop up here and there you got enough of it to be a contender and right now he just looks lost like this offense looks lost they get to the red zone they're they're panicked they don't know where they're going the coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing it's and the other added layer to all of this is the ownership group that's in there now isn't the one that brought in this regime. Mm. And I know we all talk about, and and I don't expect Nathaniel Hackett to get fired this week or anything because if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he is a one and done or even an in-season, which we don't see in-season first-year coaches fired unless it's like the Urban Meyer situation where there's a lot of extenuating like off-the-field circumstances to it as well. But rarely do you have an ownership group that didn't hire the coach. And I think that adds a different layer here, but, but right now this Broncos team is underperforming their expectations. And when you underperform your talent level, that's coaching in my mind, it's not that simple, but if you're looking for a, you know, a, a quick, you know, look at that is teams that are punching above their talent, it's usually because it's good coaching or luck. And this vice versa in this case, but. I don't think this is simply a matter of it's just Nathaniel Hackett or simply a matter of it's just Russell Wilson. They are equal in the amount of blame that they have. And it would also help if the running backs held on to the football. But but bigger picture here, you have to be having some buyer's remorse on this Russell Wilson because you trade all those assets for him and then you sign him. like he, He's your guy. Mm-hmm. And I know this worked out really well for you when you pulled this, this big move with Peyton Manning those years ago and took their risk coming off of all the neck injuries and the concerns and all of the, I mean, if you remember the time when they got, when that that happened, obviously we hadn't seen Peyton in a while. He had the neck injury. Then he had all those reports about what he may or may not have been using performance enhancing wise to get through. Like remember the cloud of uncertainty that was around Peyton Manning when this stuff was happening, it wasn't all, it wasn't as slam dunk of a move as everybody thought at the time. And obviously it turned out to work out well for them, but This is, I would be very concerned right now if I was anybody involved. I mean, Russ isn't going anywhere, but that gives him time to get better. But it's also a little concerning just in case this doesn't end up working out a couple years down the road. Our latest honorary dude
2: knocking it absolutely positively out of the park. Uh, But that is going to do it for today's episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast with Jamie Eisner, Kyle Krabs, Joe Reno. Chris Schubert. We thank our friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your day. And we'll be back again tomorrow.
0: Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.